Well, good morning and welcome to another episode of the Unshakable Podcast. My name is Sam. I am your podcast host. The Unshakable Podcast is an extension of Unshakable Ministries, where our goal is to educate, equip, encourage, and empower Christ followers to live the life that Christ expects us to live. Ways that you can find us on social media. If you will go over to Facebook and search Unshakable Podcast, you will find us there. On Instagram, our username is unshakable underscore podcast. And on Twitter, our username is unshakable underscore one. And that is the numerical value one. Ways that you can become a part of the Unshakable Nation. If you are listening this morning, let me be the first to welcome you to the Unshakable Nation. Other ways, if you will check your show notes right there in your podcast app, you will see links to ways that you can become a part of the Unshakable Nation. As always, we want to take this opportunity to thank those who continue to give in support of the show. You help us to continue to grow this ministry to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you are wondering how you can give, you have been praying about that and would like to do that. If you will check your show notes right there in your podcast app, you will see a link that says support the show. If you click on that, it will take you directly to a place where you can give one time or on a recurring basis, however you feel like God is leading you to give. It's never expected. It's not something that we push a lot of, but if you would like to, we ask that you first prayerfully consider that. And if God is leading you in, the, leading you in that direction, then you can go and click that link. And that is a place that you can give to the show. The most important way, and we say this during every episode, and we will continue to say this, that you can become a part of the Unshakable Nation is through your prayers. We ask that you continue to lift us up in your prayers, praying that we would be sensitive to where the Holy Spirit is leading us and that we would join God where He is already at work, impacting the world one life at a time with the gospel of Jesus Christ. For feedback, questions, comments, topics, anything that, anything that you want to throw at me, I ask that you send that over to sam at unshakableministries.com. Every single email comes directly to me and I read every email. And we love to hear back from the audience with, as I said, whether it's questions, comments, anything you want to bring up, throw at me questions that we can talk through, discussion points, whatever it is. Just send that over to sam at unshakableministries.com. Well, it's going to be kind of an interesting morning because... As you know, we have been going through the letters to the churches written by Paul. It's a new series that we've been going through. We went through Romans chapter 1 and Romans chapter 2, and I was fully prepared to go through Romans chapter 3 this morning. However, as I said a moment ago, we try to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, and I just felt like God was leading in a completely different direction. And as he has done to me many times in the past, as I prepare to share a message, God at the last minute changes that message. And I just have to sit back and trust that God knows what he's doing better than I know. And um, I'm, I'm always thankful for the verse in the Bible that says, the plans of a man's heart are many, but God directs his steps. God does have a sense of humor, but I, you know, I also believe that God has a message. And I just have to sit back and trust that God knows better than I do. So this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different. And we, we are going into Father's Day weekend 2021. And as I began to think about fathers, myself as a father, other fathers that I know, and in comparison to 
the one father that we all have and can turn to. There is no better father and no better example of a father than what God has given us through himself as our father. And I thought going into this weekend that this would be a great message to look at just to see, number one, what a a father should look like. And also looking at, as I said, the example that God has given us of this father that we should be trying to model, not that we should be trying to be God, but that God has given given us principles that we can follow in our own lives to be fathers that we need to be. And it is a challenge to us to look at, look at these examples and be willing to examine ourselves. One thing that we've been talking about is examining ourselves and how we can examine ourselves and look at ways that we can become better fathers. Now, me personally, it, I did not have the best examples in my life of what a father should look like. You know, I grew up pretty much without a father figure present in my life myself. Um, you know, my parents got divorced at a very young age and, and my biological father was in and out. You know, there's, I could count on just one hand really how many times I actually saw my real father from the time that my parents divorced until I was an adult. And so I didn't really have the best example of what a father should look like in my life, you know, until I turned, you know, 17. Um, my mother got remarried and the man that I called my father actually, you know, passed away in 2001. But he was a man who exemplified to me what a father should look like in, in us, how we should act as fathers. And the example that he left for me was a great example. You know, I tell myself all the time, I, I miss him very much and I miss the just the person that he was and the way he invested into my life and in the lives of my brothers as well. And I miss that very much. And and I know that had I had more time with him, I could have learned so much more. But there are things that I learned from him that I will never forget. And a lot of that is because of God. It, he was not a man that anyone would have sat back in his early years and said, oh, this, this guy is going to be a great father. Um, if they said that, it would have been said tongue-in-cheek, very sarcastically. But the truth of it is, is God did some amazing things in his life. And through that, God allowed him to become a godly father figure in my life that I needed at that point in time in my life, um, you know, which was a very prodigal time in my life. And when I say very prodigal, I mean very prodigal. I was doing everything that I shouldn't have been doing. And this was a man that he didn't just jump into my life and begin and begin to demand things, you know, that this is what you should be doing and this is how you should be doing it or, or anything like that. He wasn't a commanding type father figure. He was a loving and compassionate type father figure in my life. And 
I, I think that's why this story is so special to me in the Bible. And, and you probably know where I'm going with this, and it's, it's in Luke chapter 15. It's the story of the prodigal son. And the thing for me in this is, yes, there's a lot of emphasis placed on the prodigal son. And I think that is so much so so that we can see the response of his father. Though the father doesn't have a lot of time in this story, it's one of those things where, you know, we talk about certain people that say, well, you know, he's not a man of many words, but when he speaks, when I think that's what we see in this story is though the, the prodigal, the, 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 the father of the prodigal son didn't get a lot of time in this parable here. When he was present, it was something worth paying attention to. And that's what I want us to look at this morning. So bear with me as we read through this, but I want to read out of Luke chapter 15. And I want to read through, I think verse 21 or verse 22. We'll stop right in there somewhere. But let's start in verse 11 out of Luke chapter 15. And he said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And when he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this my son was dead. And is alive again, he was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. So that was through verse 24. And I want to just stop right there. And this is not going to be a very long winded episode, but I want it to be a very direct and clear episode. And I want us to see a couple of things throughout these verses. And I think, first and foremost, what we see here is we see this son going to his father and saying to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And I think it's critical to understand that what he is basically saying here is it was customary for the father to divide his property among his children, among his sons. And th this always happened at death. Like The father had to die before this property was passed on. So here this son comes knowing that his father is not dead, nor is he even close 
to being on his deathbed, and this son comes to his father, and basically what he is saying to him is, I wish you were dead. This, this is the message that this son is clearly sending to his father, is, is I'm ready for you to be dead so that I can have my share of, of your property. I want my share of the estate. And the father, we, what we don't see here is we don't see the father arguing with him, debating with him. And it almost makes me think that the father in this story understands that it would be to no avail, that it would, it would probably do more harm than good. Because as we know, sometimes life choices are our best teachers. Sometimes some of the things that we decide to go out and do on our own, apart from Christ, apart from God, are the best teachers in our life. And going through those things, we have to pay the consequences of those things before we can truly understand. We have to get to a point where we are at rock bottom and we know that there is no other direction to go but back to the Father. And that's exactly what we see coming out of the life of the son. As it says, not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. Now, how many of us have squandered what God has given us? God has given us from from birth, God has given us a beautiful opportunity. God has given us the riches of His glory through Christ Jesus. And we have spent our lives squandering that opportunity because we think we know better, because we want to play the God of our own lives, because we don't want to trust that God has the best for us, that He has our best interest in mind. So we think we know better than God, and we go out and we spend our lives squandering the opportunities that God has given us until we reach this point in our lives after we've squandered everything that we have, squandered the riches of His glory. We've come to our senses. And that's what we see in the sun. It says, when He had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and He began to be in need. You see, that's what we don't realize. We know that God knows all. We know that God sees all. God not only knows what has happened in the past, what is happening right now, He also knows what's going to happen in the future. And we don't. But if we are putting our trust in God the Father, then we can trust that He has already seen what is coming. Instead, what, what the Son has done is He doesn't know what's about to happen. So he takes what the father gives him and he squanders it all. And then all of a sudden, he comes to this place where he is in desperate need and he has nothing because he squandered it. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. Now understand that what we see in this is he took a job that was on the lowest of the low ends of jobs because he had nothing else he could do. So he was, went out to feed pigs and listen, he was so hungry and so desperate 
in need, so desperately in need, that he just wanted to even eat what the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. You see that through this period here, the father knew that the son needed to learn some life lessons. As hard as that would be as a father, I mean, I picture myself, you know, with my four children and how difficult that would be for me to allow my children to go out and do that, how difficult it is as a father to watch my children go out and know they're making horrible decisions, to know that they're not living in a way that they should be living, to know that they're squandering time, which is the biggest thing that God has given us, and they're squandering that time to know the Father doesn't argue with them. The, the Father doesn't push His point on them. The Father doesn't treat Him unlike a son. The Father simply knows that the Son needs to go out and have this experience and learn something from this experience. And though we, we're going to see in a minute, the Father was not there present with the Son. But we're going to see the picture of what a father looks like. And it says here, it says, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. See, we see that the son has gone out and squandered everything that he had. He has found himself desperately in need to the point that he was just longing to eat what the pigs were eating. And now he is sitting here examining his life and he understands that even, even in my father's estate, his servants have more than enough to eat. You see, he's coming to the sense that he recognizes that his father actually is wise. That his father does have his best interest in mind. Not only does he have his best interest in mind, but look how well he treats his servants. And because of how well my father treats his servants, then I will go back to him and I will tell him that I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, but treat me as one of your hired servants. So the son has hit rock bottom and recognized that he needs his father. So he desires to go back to him and he desires to confess his sin to his father. And I love the next picture that we see. And it says, and he arose and he came to his father. This is the best thing in this whole story to me, the best part of this whole story to me, because it shows that the father though he let his son go. And as hard as that may be as a father for us to let our children go and to live out what they feel like they need to live out, to learn from that life experience, as hard as it is to watch them go and do that, knowing that they are not wise choices. The father, it says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him 
and kissed him. You see, here's the thing. As a father, what we can do is we can let our children go, go and do what, what they need, not what they really need to do, but go and do what it is they desire to do. We don't have to condone that. We can be heartbroken, but at the same time in their absence, the one thing that we can do as fathers and should be doing as fathers is we should be continuing to pray for them, to pray that they come to their senses, to pray that they come to an end of themselves, pray that they recognize the, the riches of God's grace and God's glory and God's compassion. And as a father, we're praying consistently for their return. We should be praying that God would work mightily in their lives, praying over them daily that their eyes would be open to see the truth. First and foremost, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and that they would return to God the Father. But in that, we can expect, and this is what we see from the Father here, is we see that it, he didn't, it, it wasn't like he was just out doing and didn't recognize the son was coming back. You know, what we see here is a father who longed for his son to come back, not only longed for his son to come back, but was watching for his son to come back. And that's exactly what we see coming from God the Father, is God the Father not only desires for us to come back, but he is sitting ready and watching for us to come back. The picture that I see here is while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Here's the picture that I, I get from this. Is as a father, here he is sitting out on his porch swing or in a rocking chair on the porch or even on the porch steps, just sitting there. And what he's doing every single day is he's sitting there on that porch and he is praying for his son. He is praying for the return of his son, praying that his son will come to his senses. And at the same time, while he's praying, his eyes are open and he is constantly looking at the horizon, waiting for that son to come over the top of that hill. And this is the picture I get. And as fathers, this is something that we can do is we can wait expectantly for the return of our children if we are doing what we need to do as fathers. And that is first and foremost, is not trying to shove anything down their throat to argue with them, to debate them, to control them. But as fathers, we can sit back, we can understand that there comes a point in their lives where they are adults and they are responsible for their own choices. And we as fathers can sit back and let them go. And even though it breaks our heart, we can pray for them. We can show compassion on them. We can make sure they know that we love them and that we are always here for them. And that we can also make sure in that that we don't condone the choices, the sinful choices that they make. And if they seek our guidance and seek our wisdom, we can give that to them lovingly, not judgmentally. And that's what we see from this father right here when the son says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son, but the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring 
on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened, fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate? Why? Because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they begin to celebrate. And you see, God the Father sits in the same position for us as though we are dead. He is waiting for us to come back to life in Christ Jesus. Though we are lost, He is waiting for us to come home. This is an example that we see of God the Father, how He patiently waits for us. And He doesn't wait us wait for us to come and meet all of His standards before He comes out to meet us and embrace us. No. All God is waiting on us to do is to come to our senses. And we see that when we come to our senses and we come to the Father and we say, Father, forgive us. We have sinned against you. We are not worthy to be called your children. The Father says, let us celebrate. This, my child who was lost, has been found. My child who was dead is now alive. God is sitting by waiting and ready to celebrate our spiritual resurrection. And I encourage you as a father or as a parent in general that this is a way that we can learn from the example that God has given us on how we can be compassionate with our children. And as I said, how we know that letting them go is it breaks our hearts to let that happen. But let us not use the time that we have here as stewards over these children to in, in some way lord over them or control them. But let us have compassion and love and show grace and mercy. Let us continually pray for our children day in and day out. This is a challenge for each of us. But at the same time, it's, it's not only a challenge for us as parents to see how we can examine ourselves to be a better parent, but it's also a challenge for us to examine ourselves to see are we living, living in that life of squander where we are squandering the riches of God's grace, love, compassion, and mercy? And do we need to come to our senses and return to God the Father who is sitting by, waiting and ready to run out and meet us, to embrace us and have compassion on us, to tell us how much He loves us and how long He's been waiting for us to come to our senses and return to Him God is sitting by, ready to celebrate the return of each and every one of us. All we have to do is come to our senses. And the scripture tells us that if, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us not from some unrighteousness, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To all the fathers out there, happy Father's Day. Let us learn from what God has taught us through 
His Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we love You. God, we thank You for the Father that You are. There is no better example of a Father that we can learn from and that we can live by. We thank You that You love us with great compassion and great mercy in spite of the fact that we have taken everything that You have given us and we have squandered it. In spite of the fact that we have turned our backs on You in our lives, walked away from You to do things our own way, in spite of the fact that we have looked You dead in Your face and said, we know better than You do, God, You didn't argue, You didn't debate, and You didn't try to control the situation. You allowed us to go out to learn, to pay the consequences, and at the same time sat willing and ready to run out and meet us during our return home to have compassion on us. And God, we thank You that You have given cause for great celebration through Your Son, Jesus Christ. That that is the love, the mercy, and the compassion that You have shown us. That while we were lost in our squanderous life, You sent Your Son to pay the price, to pay the consequences. Jesus, we thank You that You loved us so much that You were willing to lay down Your life for us. Holy Spirit, teach us, guide us, show us how we should first examine ourselves and then how we can become better fathers and better parents in general by looking at this story and treating our children just as the father in this story treated his son. Though the son recognized he no longer deserved to be called son, that did not stop the father from calling him son. God, thank you. Through this, make us unshakable. We will give you the glory, you the honor, and you the praise in Christ's name. Hey guys, I love you. And as always, until next time, remain unshakable.